Welcome to the Gratefully Hungry Podcast, a space for you to go deeper in your faith. I'm Jordan Twilley. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're here for another episode of Gratefully Hungry. And the topic that was laid on my heart today, I honestly, um, it was, it's been one that I've known I'm going to need to come to at some point. I didn't know what season it would fall in. I didn't know um, that it would really even be today, but it's just pressed by my heart to do this episode today and to give you these tools that can make your faith walk stronger. And so before we even get into today, I do feel like the topic is a little heavier. Um, If you're a newer believer, this maybe is one that is going to enlighten your thoughts a lot. So I'm actually going to pray at the beginning of this episode just over your mind so that you can digest and take away what you need to from this episode. And as always, I'll close us out in prayer too, but um, I just feel the need to start there today. So Lord, um, I thank you for this listener. I thank you for the timing that this message came to me. And um, it's not a new one, Lord, but that um, it may not be new for some listeners that are here, but it would be timely. That's what my prayer is, that it would be timely and that um, the schemes of the enemy would completely not have a place in our mind, in our being right now, and that we would just be able to receive your word um, and what you have for us, and that we would be reminded of the authority that we have and the love that you have for us. We thank you for already conquering the cross, already giving us a um, way to access you at any time. And I just pray protection over this believer today and over their mind, their um physical body, their family, their relationships, the things that are heavy on their heart, Lord, we bring them to you in your name today. Amen. All right, Lord, or uh, listeners. So I I was like in a Bible study this past week. This is again, not a new topic for me in this um, topic about the Lord is it's one that has evolved over I'd say probably the last six or seven years of my life and if you follow our Gratefully Hungry account if you know me personally or if you've been following along for all the episodes thus far this is not going to be a surprise to you but if you are new here let me first tell you about this book that I love and I reference all of the time it's called Fervent it's by Priscilla Shire and she's wrote a lot of good books I've read a lot of other incredible books by other authors But when I tell you this one has made a difference in my world, spiritually, um, logically, it has given me just a toolbox, really, is what I can describe it as. And so what it starts out by really, and this is not like me describing this and giving you detail today. It does not um, excuse you from going and buying the book. Like this is a book that you need to purchase. You need to have a highlighter. You need to be able to work through it and use it not just once or read through it once but as a tool forever it is that valuable to me i literally will pull it off my bookshelf at just random times it never really um goes far away it never goes like to the back of the bookshelf or to some random place it's it's usually in arm's reach honestly because of how frequent i go back to this but the reason being is because i now can be in the middle of my life and i can experience something And I know that it is a spiritual attack or warfare of some kind. And so this is where I wanted to pray right from the beginning, because usually when you kind of go here, like if you go to church and you got, you know, good hymns that you've sang forever and it's cozy and you see your friends that are there and, you know, the worship's good. Or if you're just getting into your faith and you're reading and, you know, it's exciting, just a really not attractive topic to talk about is the enemy and it's one that 
the enemy would love for me to not talk about and for you to not hear about today probably but it is um it is real warfare is is absolutely real and it is more evident than probably you have imagined even if you're very in tune with this you it, it's probably really really even deeper than that so what brought this back to my attention is um i'm in a bible study right now it's not on warfare it's not on any of this but i've known i'm going to do this episode and yet this week we come back to this topic and it gave me even more insight to this and i'm like it's time it's time to do this so how this um study opened up this past week was you are where you are by the choices that you've made by the wounds that maybe others have um, inflicted upon you things that they've done to you so one of those two things or based on what satan has put against you in your life and stacked against you and intentionally brought into your world okay so sometimes i think we give him a little bit too much credit sometimes i think we give him not enough credit and i'm not looking to do either of those today i'm just looking to really educate you on who your enemy is because you are in a battle whether you know it or not and it's not going anywhere um but the good news is we do have god within us and god has already conquered the enemy and so i i think my concern in doing this episode was maybe this is where it would be like oh jordan's like one of those those Christians, or this is like some out there topic, but I'm telling you, it is, it, it is just real. It's just real. So let me give you some scripture to back it up. Okay. So, um, in Ephesians, there is a nosedive into the topics of what our battle is and is not against and what we can do to stand against the enemy. So, um, it says, it instructs us, Put on all of God's armor so you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. So I want you to pay attention to that word, strategies, because we are going there today, okay? Schemes, strategies, this, this nothing is by accident that he pulls. Um, it then goes into diving into, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We are fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places that's in um ephesians 6 verse 12. and so in um 18 and 19 i believe that's where it is yes it goes into telling us and instructing us to be alert to stay persistent in our prayers for believers everywhere for believers everywhere not just for yourself not just for your own world but for believers everywhere for other churches for other people that you can see maybe that are under attack or under strain right now that this is an instruction that we would do so i want to first before we go even further into this um give you when i was like gosh i don't know i mean early teens for sure my uncle is in the military he's also um he works for the government also and just has a lot of expertise in um in crime in how to win a battle you could say and so if this is war if this is a battle a spiritual battle and war i equate it to when i was a young teen and we were just like horsing around at my grandma's house and he was showing me different tactics that 
like instantly with no weapon, with no force would like drop me to my feet, would make me like tell you anything you wanna know and I will save you what those things are. But it, I mean, truly something so tiny, one gesture, um, one, like two fingers of a touch would have me like weak at the knees, right? And so this was kind of a demonstration of how there's no accident that he knew those pressure points. And that's what he called them, they were pressure points. And there's no accident that the enemy knows your pressure points. And that's why I love this book so much because it actually goes deeper into what those pressure points are. And so back to what I began to say at the beginning of this, I now can be living my life in a full-blown scenario and I can think to myself, that's in chapter eight and I need to go reread that. And I can pick up on it because when you know the ways that someone is going to attack you, all of a sudden you can kind of post up, right? And be alert for certain things, for certain weaknesses. And so the devil is, he is not, um, he's definitely not wiser than God. He is a schemy, slimy, um, like coming for your life, coming for your kids, coming for your integrity, coming for your um, gratitude kind of being. And so you gotta know when, when you're you know, feeling like you need to isolate away from people, that is not from God. God gives us community and, and people that are gonna walk through life with us. Like to isolate you is gonna be one step to being able to take you out faster, right? And that's if, if we studied war, isolation, division, that's a huge part of war. And I, in fact, in my Bible study, um, we talked about that specifically. Hopefully I wrote it down that, um, I know I wrote it down, division, is absolutely one of the strategies that he uses. So I'll, maybe I'll find that. Yeah, here we go. Oh, nope, that's not it. That's not it. All right, but anyways, let me get back on track. So I just wanna, I wanna enlighten you of what maybe this might look like. So this book, let's talk about some ways that the enemy could be coming into your world right now. I wanna also really remind you that he would love for nothing more than he, for you to not take this seriously or with the weight that really it is our um our offensiveness in this battle is prayer and praise and um in fact i was reading in another book that no victory has ever been won apart from prayer and praise and that is just how we are going to be a victor over whatever circumstance you have coming against you right now and if you don't have one that you're in the middle of then absorb these even more for the season that may be around the corner or is in the near future that is going to equip you to walk through that more confidently. He wants to see you passionless, powerless, and prayerless, quiet, isolated, like right out of the gate, acknowledging these things. So I'm gonna go through 10 different ways that maybe you could be under attack, maybe you didn't even know you were um, a target. I can look back at when I was a very weak believer or a new believer or not a believer yet and see this all over my life because I was not in a place to like stand in authority or offense knowing that I've already won through the victory of Jesus. So um, he wants to devalue your most potent weapons, meaning if out of anything, if he can come against your prayer life and get you out of 
praise and prayer yeah that's that's like don't be surprised if you haven't felt led to be in prayer or you've wrestled with getting there or your days have been chaotic and that's been the first thing to like go to the wayside um tired and overwhelmed like these are things that he loves he loves to have you in burnout he loves to have you in um arguments or flustered over things that really are tiny in the grand scheme of things are tiny so strategy number one is against your passion he would come against your passion and seek to dim your whole desire for prayer, dull your interest in spiritual things and downplay the potency of your most strategic weapons. Okay, I'm not gonna go into all of these in depth, but this one I'm telling you, again, if you feel like you are going long periods of time without praying, going long periods of time without having conversations around God, being in his word, being around like-minded believers, investing in this relationship that is red flag number one and that's the world and things pulling you um from that and that's not by accident that's not by accident um against your focus he disguises himself and manipulates your perspectives so you end up focusing on the wrong culprit directing your weapons at the wrong enemy that's in second corinthians 11 and 14. this would be like you and your husband, I can speak for this, I'm married, you and your husband are kind of like buttons heads on something or you know, something's off or you have a disagreement and all of a sudden now your communication is completely off. It's been a few days and you're like, you know, it's, it, there's just a tension. That is going to put your focus on what he has going wrong in her, his life, like what he needs to be handling, what he's doing wrong, takes, the, takes total, focus off of you also because you're just in this pointing fingers way right instead of pointing the finger at the one who wants to ruin and destroy your marriage which is your enemy to believe in God really is to believe in the devil in my opinion because it's written um that he is real there are three um angels mentioned in the bible Michael Gabriel and Lucifer I'm going to give you um revelation 12 7 and 9 to go read on and i'll give you some more scripture as we go here but if you were to downplay this part i learned this at bible study this past week that like half of christians don't really believe in this or look in this look to this a whole lot and i'm like what and maybe that's just why i've been drawn to this fervent book so much because i, I can see my life i can see the schemes coming to life and i also have gone so much deeper and more specific in my prayers because of knowing how he wants us to be surface level, not paying attention, um, you know, not, not on our A game, not in the offensive position. This next strategy is one I see women especially, but men too all day long struggle with. I work with women a lot. So this, I always come back to this chapter. He wants to attack your identity, making your identity seem that it is from the approval of anyone or everyone. He magnifies your insecurities, leading you to doubt what God says about you, forget it, or disregard what he has given you. That's in Ephesians 1, 17 and 19. If you feel like your identity is under attack, like you are, you care about, others or things that are going on around you more than what god says about you that would be the chapter for you against your family strategy number four these don't go in any sort of order i don't think but he wants to um completely divide your family 
to r- have them rendering in chaoticness, being restless and unfruitful, unfruitful. So this isn't saying like he wants to keep your daughter from going into ministry. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that if he can keep you and her from being unfruitful and frustrated and focusing on the wrong things and minimize your confidence or instill illness or whatever, um, that's in Genesis 3, 1 through 7. He will absolutely come against your family. Number five is against your confidence. And I even um, inserted this. I just wrote a note here that your fears a lot of times play into this, um, this one here. He constantly reminds you of your past mistakes and bad choices, hoping to convince you that under God's judgment or that you're under God's judgment rather than under the blood. This looks like shame. It looks like being fearful about the things that you know that you're to walk in. So I'm going to read that one one more time. I just feel like that's important. He constantly reminds you of your past mistakes and bad choices. Hoping to convince you that you're under God's judgment rather than under the blood. That's in Revelation 12.10. Okay. Shame, guilt. I could list off a million things that I have done in my life that or or been a part of or been surrounded by that it could fall under a past mistake or a bad choice but God's already covered that he's already covered that and we can walk confidently knowing that he has covered that that whatever is ahead that we are good with him ah such a peace of mind there number 6 against your calling he amplifies fear worry anxiety until they're the loudest voices in your head causing you to deem the adventure of following God too risky to attempt. Joshua 14, eight supports that. So this is against your calling, guys. He wants to keep you in the box. He wants to keep you safe. He wants to keep you not stepping out with confidence in him, not trusting him. And how would he do that? He would increase your past things that have maybe fallen through. And that's, of course, increasing your fear or worry or anxiety until they're the loudest voices in your head. So, hey, here's the deal. I'm not saying that you can just mute those voices, but you can absolutely increase God's voice, increase his word. That's where memorizing his word, that's something I'm doing right now in my own um, walk is really memorizing the word. We've got to be able to say something louder than what the enemy is giving us. And he won't say, oh, God doesn't love you, you suck you're you know, a terrible mom. That's not what it's gonna sound like. What it usually, I mean, it could, but what it usually presents itself as, in my opinion, <coughs> is a subtle doubt or a subtle um, insecurity, like something so subtle, it creeps in. And what happens, watch this, is a little bit of a lie or a little bit of doubt can then influence your self-confidence. And then that self-confidence can mess up your activity. It can make you inactive or isolate, right? And then that affects your effectiveness, your fruitfulness. You're gonna see how all of this intertwines. But one thing that he can absolutely instill, give, suggest, remind you of is those fears, anxieties, worries, and help you fix your mind on them instead of fixing your mind on what God says about you, what's already been done, what he is you know, promised you things that are working for you, it can really just mix up your perspective. Number seven, against your purity. This one really stood out to me today. He tries to tempt you towards certain sins, 
convincing you that you can tolerate them without risking any consequence, knowing they'll only wedge distance between you and God. Guys, okay, I'm gonna back this up with a, a strong verse. Ephesians 5.11, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. I'm gonna give you real life examples that I just see people toying with and hey I I'm not listen to me I'm not judging like I am not judging I really kind of live my life through the lens of if this isn't getting me closer to God it's getting me farther from God and it's either doing one or the other right you're very rarely like standing still so I can look back at my own past decisions and things and see where something was either moving me further ahead or behind. And now, now hear me out too. God will use it all for good, all of it for good, but do not do not put yourself into temptational things is what, what this verse is saying. And if we know that your devil that knows you personally, it's a, he's assigned to you, he studies you. He is not gonna attack you the same way he's attacking me. He knows me, he knows my hangups, he knows my past, he knows me personally and and how he can weave his way in right it's a scheme it's intentional if that's the case it may look different for you how he's going to come against you but here's here's what i got to say on this <laughs> i've definitely been tempted to entertain certain sins thinking to myself up oh, I can tolerate that without any consequence. Oh, I can, you know, I went to church this morning or I'm involved, you know, in my relationship with the Lord heavily right now. Like I can take on a little bit more of hanging out with this person or entertaining this habit. But the real truth is what it does is it gets a little wedge in between me and God's relationship because it is sin. And that little wedge can hopefully, if the, if the enemy you know succeeds here, it, hopefully it can take a little bit more of a wedge and then it can grow. And then before you know it, it's been a week, you missed church and it's no big deal because you're, you're saved, you are saved, but you can be separated in that relationship and in feeling and hearing and um, embracing God's presence. So this, is, I just have like a little bit more caution I wanna give you because I think sometimes um, some people in my circle, one in particular comes to mind, has really had a thing with alcohol. And it's not that that person is alcoholic, it's not that they even um, really like in, in do anything regarding um, alcohol frequently. That's not what I'm saying. But it gives them a wedge in their relationship with the Lord and that has, and, and God has revealed that too. So nowhere in the word is it like alcohol is bad um having sinful thoughts is bad like it, that's not what this is saying it's saying like what i'm saying is anything that is gonna divide you and your relationship from god isaiah 59 1 through 2 will support this you just don't even want to go there you don't even want to go there and god will convict and give you wisdom around what that is for you so for this person alcohol they're not a they're not on the line of you know throwing their life away and becoming alcoholic that's not it it just divides that person's relationship with him and so to someone else no big deal to have a glass of wine here or there or whatever but to this person 
there's a heaviness that that brings. There's a division that that brings and you've got to look into your life right now and take an inventory of what are the things that could separate you in that relationship. Um, another one that comes to mind is flirtatiousness when you're married or when you're looking for validation in the wrong places. And you know, this is something um, that men or women, either one, someone's giving you attention you're in a committed relationship, you don't think for a minute that you would ever cheat or get away from something. In fact, there's a book, um, it's called His Needs, Her Needs. If you look it up, it'll come up. I'll put it in the chat who the author is. Phenomenal book for marriage. No marriage is at the, you know, is, is covered in safeness enough to be above that. Let me be clear, because it's subtle things that the enemy will do or introduce that inserts just a wedge and that little wedge may start out as a compliment that felt good and then tomorrow all of a sudden you're picking out your outfit a little bit differently because you're going to see that person again and so he just really is looking to kill and destroy and that's why i love this ephesians verse 5 11 so much have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness fruitless deeds but rather expose them. The first thing to do is just literally expose them. What is in the light cannot grow into a monster. But um, I, I heard this also, you know, some people are really like another example, maybe these aren't applying to you, but something um, is this, this spiritual world that absolutely has a darkness. Um, there's all sorts of things that culture throws in, entertain, social media throws at you. Um, or suggest that would entertain some of this. And I'd, I'm rather me giving you them because I don't want anybody to feel under like a judgment or anything like that today. That's the, totally missing the point of this. I want you to just like take a inventory right now of what separates you and, and maybe plants little wedges. How does he plant wedges for you? Because it's specific. Strategy number eight, against your rest and contentment. Lordy does this one this one has been like the one that has got me through my 20s seriously against your rest and contentment the enemy would love to keep you overloaded in life and your schedule pressuring you to constantly push beyond your limits never feeling permission to say no deuteronomy 5 15 supports that if you are in a place that you feel boggled down burnt out spread thin um, one thing that I did in my life and I felt I felt this prompting from him was to take Sundays off and to someone that I will say was a self-proclaimed workaholic and um, I've been working on my family's farm since I was old enough really to remember it I mean work was fun work is fun to me now to turn that off and to um, trust God in my inactivity that he can do more with that than me on my best activity day that was that was a season but um there's days that i will get burnt out i will get overwhelmed and i go and dive into that chapter another um one would be against your heart it uses every opportunity to keep old wounds fresh in mind knowing that anger and hurt and bitterness and unforgiveness will continue to roll the damage forward I was talking to someone, I think just yesterday, I can't remember who it was, this was definitely in the last 48 hours though, about how relationships in their families, oh, yep, I remember who it is now, relationships in their family, they work so hard to move past, they work so hard to um, overcome, get traction around, 
you know, turn turn the other cheek, flip a new leaf, all these things to bring new like love into the scenario and just the same stuff will hit them. And that's what I really think of when I think of the devil. Um, I just think of all the things in my past that went wrong or that hurt me once. Maybe I'm completely like healed from something, but he would love to just open up that old wound or keep one open. And that ultimately is going to affect your heart, the condition and the posture of your heart. So I want to encourage you to take a maybe heart inventory. Are you angry about something? Do you need to forgive somebody? Is there something that keeps coming up um, or just feels uneasy? Look at that. Against your relationship, strategy number 10, he creates disruption and disunity within your circle of friends and within the shared community of the body of Christ. First Timothy 2, 8 supports that. So the positive relationships you have in your life. Um, I'll give you a few examples of this. You have somebody that is kind and Christian and loves you and wants the best for you, but they haven't reached out to you in two weeks. Who knows what's going on in their life? Maybe they're busy. Maybe they've had a sick kiddo. Maybe they're battling something that you don't know, but instead of looking and considering maybe that, you're like, they really don't care about me that much. Like, And you put up a wall or you get frustrated or passive aggressive. I see this so much, <laughs> probably a little bit more so in women, probably, but guys, let's read this again. He would love to disrupt and disunify your circle of friends and within a straight, straight shared community of the body of Christ. We're back to division. Loves, he loves, 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 loves to divide. Comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So these are some things that you can look at today and say, Hmm. Maybe it wasn't by chance that my kid just had a temper, a temper tantrum and it was an inconvenient time and I was already at my wits ends because of X, Y, Z. Maybe that was to get me angry and frustrated and disfocused. We go back to chapter two, disguising himself and manipulating your perspective so you end up focusing on the wrong culprit, directing your weapons at the wrong enemy. Maybe he has you you know, in a relationship or in a work um, scenario, really flustered about something that it literally is not for you to worry about or do anything about at all. You need to literally lay it down and pray about it fervently. Okay. All right, a couple other things around this. Um, three things to know. This was straight from my Bible study. Three things to know. Um, demons are real. They come to destroy you. They want to destroy you. And they do, and this is another thing to know, they respond to higher authority. So let's move into, you know, that can like scare some people probably. You like really envision like a devil with a pitchfork or somebody plotting against your life. Um, it should take you by alarm. It should make you concerned for your kids, for your grandkids, for your niece, for your coworker. It should, okay? But let's go to the good news. <laughs> The highest authority is in the name of Jesus. It's in the word and it's in the blood of the cross. And those things that a demon would have to respond to. They have to respond to. So I'm pulling straight from the word um, through all of these things. And so Phil, uh, Philippians 2.10, that at, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. 
and under the earth. <laughs> okay, every knee shall bow. Um, the the word I just it, it's our only offensive weapon. I don't have a, Ephesians pulled up right now. I could, but um, when it's saying to put on the full armor of God, it talks about your um, your breastplate. It talks about your shoes of peace. I mean, all of these different things to put on. Well, it is actually the word is the sword okay in in the analogy of the armor it's the sword and is the only offensive weapon that we have in that and i feel like i probably should go pull it up just for the sake of giving you guys that but um i want to empower you that fervent prayer it is the way and it is what will combat everything that's coming against you and that you want to be specific as you're praying and when we pray specifically um pr praying with precision is key and um in season one there's a episode it's it's about prayer i'm trying to think of the title of it it's like seven six or seven maybe but it's um it's on prayer and i'm telling you go listen to that if you need to increase your prayer life because when we pray about the places where we are seriously suspecting that the enemy is at work, that's how we keep our prayers focused, not only on specific and particular situations, but we also keep our prayers focused on biblical truths that are consistent in maintaining the victory in the midst of them. So we've got to, the reason that we're praying, just to remind you again, it's in that season, um, that episode of season one, that prayer episode, but we're praying to remind ourselves who God is. We're praying to um, be in prayer against these things that he's putting against us and to partner with God, but also to remember that we need him, that we gotta rely on him. And so I want you to really think, things that have got me off track um, are definitely entertaining certain environments, certain people, um, certain conversations that I don't even need to be in. And it's subtle. I do want to emphasize it is subtle. When the enemy came and spoke to Eve and she was influenced then, she had the choice, but she was influenced to eat the apple. He did not come and say all of these things about God. He suggested that maybe God was wrong. God um, didn't say what he really said. He suggested doubt is what he did. So where is doubt coming into your life? Asking yourself that, where is doubt coming into my life right now? Because I need to shut that door. And how I shut that door is in intentionally praying against whatever that is. There, I know I've said this, um, but I want to reiterate, there's an intimate knowledge of who you are and the precise pressure points that you have. Where are your press pressure points? Is it affirmation from other people? you put too much, you know, stock in and you that's where you're getting your your love and your affection and your approval from and you need to dive into who you are, who your identity is in God and get it from there. Is it that you say yes to too many things, you're not saying no, and then you're burnt out and you're ineffective and you're not fruitful? Is it that truly your passion is affected for the Lord? And, and so you're not plugged into things like this podcast or like church or like a healthy relationship, getting coffee with a friend that, you know, sharpens you. You've got to take an evaluation of what those things are that are dampening your beliefs in God's ability 
and his personal concern for you because the enemy would love to convince you that you're out of hope and it's not coming back. And I'll tell you, at my most dark places, my passion is gone. So as I read this book, I always, it's not in an order, but I always do kind of think that that one, um, for me, if there was one that takes a, a top, you know, way that the enemy comes against me, if it would be coming against my passion, um, because I'm, I'm pretty hopeless when I'm, when I'm out of passion. And when you're hopeless, you're looking at everything that isn't, um, you know, gonna be uplifting. It's kind of like when you're in a bad mood, like the last thing you wanna be around is somebody peppy. So when you're passionless, things that look passionate and are going to set you on fire, they look a little less exciting or less um, like you wanna engage in them. I, I wanna give you a couple things that really built my confidence, aside from the fact that we have the authority through the name of Jesus, through the word and through the blood of the cross to oversee, over trump everything that he would be thrown at us. One um, though is that he cannot, the devil cannot be everywhere at once. Only God can be omnipresent. And this next one was huge for me that he cannot read my mind. I I've reassured myself of that so many times. Knowledge is so powerful when you're gathering things from the word. And you know, this podcast is just giving you tools and steering you back to the word, like get in the word. But I, I needed to read in this book that I've mentioned that he cannot read my mind. And I've been in a mid thought and I'm like, oh my gosh, like he would use that against me. But no, he doesn't, he does not read my mind. It is only when you speak on it. Okay. Then that goes back to Mona Lisa's episode in season one, which is about your words. It's called fixing your mind the power of your words. Don't be just saying just anything. I keep a lot of thoughts in my head because I don't want them to become um, a reality. Another thing, he is merely an illusion using cunning trickery to deceive and mislead. Only God can work flat out unmistakable miracles. Certainly last but not least, this is something to know about him that he is running out of time. He's on a time limit and our God is eternal. So when we pray, it, it is not coming from a place of weakness that we are praying. Um, we described it in our uh, Bible study this past week as, you know, when you're in the army, there's different ranks. And so in, it, it's almost like we just partnered with the top rank and we don't get to speak and, you know, what we say goes, but we're partnered with the one that what he says goes and he will speak before us on behalf of us and look out for us. And when we're in partner with him, we're going to be able to hear him to know what our part is, but you separate from him. And yeah, it is the enemy like a lion. Where is this? I'd had it written and it is, it's in the word. Um, he is like a lion coming to devour. You are, you know, an innocent bunny rabbit if you are not partnered and aligned with the right word. Okay, let me um, add one more thing to that. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all of those were under that were under his power of the devil was because God was with him. Acts 10, 38. We're gonna have the ability to do things 
because we are aligned with God. And I wrote this, let me make sure. Um, your authority is only active with your submission to God, with your partnership of God. So it's just really good to know that when we submit ourselves to him, we're resisting that, that like we're literally resisting the devil and he will flee from us. Um, but we are partnered with him. So we don't need to pray from a place of like, oh, woe is me or, oh, the devil's attacking me. But from a place of we are aligned with the one that can handle all. All right. I think I've covered the big points. And these were just like points that I wanted to give you that are, you know, going to show up not once, not twice, guys, but all over your life. And what you want to do is just make sure that you are alert, that you're constantly in prayer. That's not from me. That's not my suggestion. That's what the word says. And the spirit, you know, will be upon you and you're going to be able to have the ability with God in sync with you to handle and conquer whatever it is that is before you. Um, there's so many victories in the Bible. David and Goliath, the first one that comes to mind. It's just because of God's alignment and his his wisdom, what he knew to do, that he was able to slay the giant. And giants look like a lot of different things these days in our life. But the enemy is not super creative. He comes in the same ways. He comes after your kids. He comes after your mindset. He comes after your passion. He comes after things that would you know separate you from the God. So we've gotta really stand firm and know who we are and be prepared. He comes to tempt, torment, afflict, and divide. I finally found that. <laughs> to tempt us, that's why it says, do not even entertain temptation. To torment us, to afflict, and to divide. And so, you know, as we're, as we're putting our offensiveness into this, close any doors that are getting you farther away from God. Pray fervently and confront your enemy daily that's one thing i took away from my study last week confront him daily we confronting him is different so i'll read this i underlined it i don't really even know what it is but i just feel like it's supposed to come out <laughs> we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god and we take captive every thought to make it obedient in christ second corinthians 10 5 so I'm gonna I'm gonna pray over us that um, that actually I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna go <laughs> Lord thank you for um, just allowing us to have your word and instruction with this instruction to take guard and to be alert you're instructing us how we can win how we can be aligned with you how we um, how we can just come out on a victorious side of this battle that we're in right now and ultimately you have already fought it for us so thank you for that thank you for winning the battle we can have we can be confident in that but lord i just want to ask that you would enlighten and open the eyes of a listener today whatever it is that they're believing or um doing or seeing that isn't aligned quite right that you would make it straight and the things of their life that um the enemy is using that you would just show them what those things are and make it so crystal clear what those things are that when they are looking at how they can take offense and 
you know, we're defense and offense when we're praying and praising you and aligned with you and praying specifically. And we know his schemes. That is offense at its finest. But that we want to be on defense too. And we want to know this is not of you. This is something that's coming against my family right now to recognize that and to not sit back, but to confront the enemy, to confront um, sin. And we thank you that because of you and with you, we have the authority to do that. And we get to do that. And it's a privilege to do that and to grow in this. So um, I just pray that you would reveal what those things are. And I also pray that any shame or guilt or um, lost passion or um, identity that's been misplaced, we just, you, you can wipe that clean today, Lord, and we could just look at what is our next step and put our eyes back on you and fix it there. So thank you that we get to do that. We love you. And we just ask for protection over the loved ones and our life and our calling and um, and ourselves as we endure the good, the good race for you, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We ask everything in your precious name today. Amen.